Welcome to Click, Treat, Repeat. This is a horse-focused podcast discussing positive reinforcement training, equine management and welfare, and other horse-related topics. So let's get started. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is that because you get, and that's my main problem with the Oklahoma shoeing school up there, is that they, they strive to only teach one type of shoeing and they're always talking about how their shoeing is you know hasn't changed over the years and things like that well that believes me um I believe then that they haven't looked into further research on studies of the effects of what metal shoes do to horses you know the arthritis problems and then they're not even willing to you know, go in depth too much about the the body issues, you know, that if you have one, you're meeting one with one, that the the corrective shoeing and things that need to happen or the corrections that need to be made barefoot, they only focus on shoeing, you know, and their setup trims. And I think if you're going to be teaching one, you need to teach the other. So as in shoeing, they need to turn around and teach barefoot trimming. Because to me, you will have one client that has, you know, one horse with front shoes and then their back feet are going to be bare. And then, you know, their neighbor's horse is, you know, barefoot. So I think it would only improve them if they taught how to shoe, if they're going to do that, and then how to barefoot trim and the differences between the two, I think, because, you know, they only teach one, and technically there's a good bit, I guess, of the, I guess, what is called the hobbyist, and the hobby equine people, and the pasture horses, and pasture ornaments, you know, those don't have shoes, you know, those, a lot of those only have, you know, are barefoot, and I find it, you know, difficult because you know if you have a farrier I think they should be able to willingly do both you know for because it's only convenient I mean if if not then you're setting the horse up for you're ripping all of its natural protection away in one trim and then they go six to eight weeks and then they come back with a little bit more protection and it's ripped away again I mean, it's almost sad to see that happen. I mean, the more education, the better, really, in like any circumstance, but it's not uncommon for a horse to have front shoes and no back shoes, or like you said, maybe the neighbor or another horse at the barn is completely barefoot while the other has all four. So from a business standpoint, too, for that farrier, it would make more sense for them to know both. And I think they're probably going to do a better job if they understand how to do both. I agree 100%. Yeah, and with the stripping away the natural protection thing too, when I first got back into horses, a family member, I don't even know how related, something distant and weird, but (laughs) she has horses. (laughs) I think she has like four at the moment. I'm not entirely sure, but she told me that it's completely normal for a horse to be sore the day after a trim. And I feel like that's a myth that needs to go away. (laughs) Yes, very much. I mean, the only thing I can think of with them being sore is just the complete obvious. I mean, they've gone probably, what, eight weeks without a trim. So that's 
two months. Um, then they're turning around. So they have probably close to about an inch and a half of growth. So, I mean, I could only imagine, you know, I guess I could use going from shoes, you know, that have an inch and a half of foam to then I'm going to kick them one day and I'm going to walk strictly on bare ground with my bare feet. And I can only imagine that how sore I would be. And I don't think that's necessarily right. And that, that, that needs to go away because that is not how it should be. I mean, Ramey says that if, you know, if they're sore, put boots on them, you know, the whole booting won't last for a lifetime. It normally lasts for a little while. And, you know, as a little while, as in about a week to two weeks and then checking them every day to see if they can go back on to the regular ground. And then that problem's solved, but leaving them because then it makes me wonder if they're getting stone bruise or if they're having abscess problems or if it's just because they're loading the back of their foot you know it's it's definitely because there's multiple issues that can be happening there and it makes me now wonder what happened you know did they get too close to the internals of the foot or is it you know they just as simple as just it's loading the back of the foot and it's painful Yeah, there's so much that goes into it. And I know a lot of people too also do like seasonal shoeing here where they'll shoe in the winter because they think the horse won't slip on the ice. You know, they like all the different types of horseshoes, whatever. But then in spring, they take them off and now the hoof is compromised. And I just feel like that's also a really unhealthy cycle that's really common. Yeah, I agree with that um, because I can't help but think the, the snow that we had here when we had our snowmageddon last year um, was, I'm sorry, this year, it was absolutely horrible. And that was the most snow that any of our horses have ever seen and I have seen in the state of Texas. And I have never been out of the state of Texas during the winter, so I don't know what happens everywhere else. You're but lucky. I know here, <laughs> I know here that the... I'm guessing it was probably six to eight inches of snow that we had was horrible. And the ground underneath it, you'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about, but the ground underneath the snow was ice. It, it was not, it was not snow. You had snow and then you had ice. Well, Cheyenne decided that it was a good idea when I was putting out alfalfa to go running full blast through the snow. How fun. And then she locked it up and jumped straight up in the air. So when she locked it up and jumped straight up and then she came down, her legs went everywhere and she just completely busted it. It was horrible seeing. So I cannot imagine what it would be like to have a horse with shoes hit the slick ice underneath that and how those problems can go because she broke through that ice a little bit to get um, to the ground so she could get back up. But I cannot imagine the, the the metal shoes on the slick ice. That does not seem like a good call at all. <laughs> that was always my thought, too. It doesn't make sense to have flat metal on an icy or snowy terrain. Like, I would not wear metal shoes and then try to go walk on the ice. I'd be ice skating. 
yeah yeah <laughs> definitely and then the the carriage horses you know I always thought rubber would be more sufficient to keep from slipping than necessarily metal but I don't know if I just think differently or, <laughs> or what but I'm just like I can't find a scenario that shoes actually seem good and like they can actually I mean I know they have those um what are they called the, the, the stud nails or um do they go in the bottom of the shoe and, yeah. and they're like little knobs I forgot I forgot the technical name for them I can't remember but, what they're uh, called either. <laughs> I drew a blank. I'm sorry. It's okay. um, but those, you know, and they're just a little ball. And people say they're great for traction. And I get they're kind of, I guess, the same theory as uh, the golfing shoes that have the spikes on them. Yeah, I, I guess, guess so. I guess on, <laughs> on ground, I guess I could see that on like real grassy ground, I could see that. But on anything else... I, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Yeah, me neither. That was always interesting to me. I've met some people who will boot in the winter, and that makes more sense because it's the rubber sole. It's not slick metal on ice. Yeah, that makes sense. So to wrap up, I guess I have one last question, and it's about the toe-first versus heel-first landings because Haley's helped me out with this, with my horses, with looking at videos and being able to look at how they're walking. So I was wondering if you guys could talk a little bit about that and maybe tell people how they can look at that in order to um, identify maybe potential issues with their, their horse's hooves. Okay, yeah. Toe first landing is bad at most all gates um, that the horse moves in. The only ones that is, is acceptable to make a toe-first landing is acceleration or if they're going uphill. So if your horse isn't doing one or the other of those, they don't need to be doing it <laughs> uh, because they can't build the back end of their foot correctly, which is, if you're looking at it, it's the heels, the heel buttress, uh, the digital cushion. They're not building that correctly in the back of the foot if they're constantly making a toe first landing. The constant toe first landing also over time can break away the tip of the coffin bone and cause a lot of problems and remolding of the coffin bone, which then will cause the outside to need to make changes as well because it's having to adapt on the inside what's happening and then show it on the outside. So the remodeling of that is all because of the toe-first impact all the time. So the toe-first impact is only acceptable if they're going uphill, they're accelerating, or they're at a, a walk. Um, and it can be a light walk, but if they even start to do any funny trotting or anything like that, that is not acceptable. The, the fancy trotting that, you know, you'll see horses do out in the pasture. It is not acceptable for them to be making a toe first landing. It needs to be a heel first. That is where the blood is pumped from, you know, by hitting the back of the foot and it is pumping the blood from hitting the frog and it is just pushing it back up. You're constantly, it's just a pump. And if they're not getting that pump, they're not 
pumping the blood to the all the areas of the foot and it's you know it's breaking off and it's it's really detrimental as I found in horses and it can pretty much be the end of a sound horse if it makes a toe first landing throughout the rest of its life and it's now ever corrected and that also falls back into management of the foot that you're making sure that a lot of times that they if their foot is not overgrown and it is on a relatively short trim cycle and it is still making a toe first impact you need to be looking for thrush you need to be looking for problems in the digital cushion and seeing how well the heel buttress is developed the the back of the foot it needs to be wide it needs to be able to support the horse so if it's if it's not a wide area and it's not thick and it's not doesn't have that kind of that grisly muscly feel back there you need to make improvements immediately to your horse's lifestyle and the way that they are loading you kind of mostly want when your horse is moving off and what you're looking for is for them to be landing at a walk. They can land to a degree toe first a little bit though, not not a direct impact. It's going to be a slight and then they'll kind of load the heels and everything, but everything after that, it needs to be a straight up heel first landing. You said everything so well, I don't think I have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on there's gotta be something you need to add <laughs> not that I can think of no and you said it much better than I would have too <laughs> oh I don't know about that I feel like I just rambled real quick <laughs> no that was really good yeah that was super helpful I find that when like really educated intelligent people are rambling it's like not even actually rambling it's like very helpful so <laughs> so that was very helpful thank you do you guys have anything else or are we ready to wrap it up I think we're good. I mean, I'm a little more excited to trim my horses this weekend now. <laughs> uh, before we completely cut it off is if there is any way I could get whoever's editing the podcast here, if I send some links to um, the books and everything, I can read them off here because I may have got a little overprepared this morning and I got together all my new horse books that I got for my birthday. It is the Pete Rainey, uh, Making Natural Hoop Care Work for You. I would definitely recommend that to anybody that is interested in starting this. Also, the Hoof Balancer, a unique tool for balancing equine hooves and using natural trimming practices, principles and practices by Jamie Jackson is another good one. That one teaches you the reading and the hoof mapping as well. And then another one by Jamie Jackson, The Natural Trim and Principles and Practice. And that is a large book, but they are definitely, as I am currently reading and working through one book at a time here, that they are very well illustrated. The pictures are beyond perfect. I mean, of showing you what you're looking at and what you need to be achieving um, and everything like that. So I def definitely recommend these resources as for anybody that is starting this to definitely go with these books because they are the best. I love that you came prepared. 
<laughs> I tried. <laughs> I got up early for this. <laughs> we can definitely put those books in the show notes and then people can check that out if they want some resources. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, they are they are literally great. And, of course, if you can't go wrong either with the Pete Ramey DVDs either. But those are done in series, so you do need to pay attention on which one you're buying first. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Haley, for meeting with us and talking about this. I think it was really helpful, and I don't think that we would have had all of this information without you being here, so thank you so much. Um, Do you want to let everybody know maybe, like, where they can find you on Instagram or anything like that if they want to see more of what you're doing? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It is Haley Irvin, and Irvin is spelled uh, I-R-V-I-N. It'll have the nice little profile picture of where she's smiling. Uh, you can find me there. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook as well. It is Haley Irvin, the same there. Um, uh, same profile picture, I do believe. So y'all can find me there and I'm happy to answer any questions that anyone may have. Just want to throw this out there that I am technically not a professional in any way, but am trying to very much achieve great hoof care for my horses as it is very important to me. So I am happy to send anybody in the direction of people that I find to be fantastic hoof care professionals. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you, Chloe, as well. You have great information as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Click, Treat, Repeat. Feel free to check us out on Instagram at Click, Treat, Repeat pod. You can find Jen at Genuine Equine and myself at bonafide.bt. We upload new episodes every Monday and hope to see you then. Happy training.